Welcome to the Lotus Flower Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Butner. It's been a while. I've been super busy. It was my birthday month, and I literally celebrate my birthday for the entire month. I had an amazing time. I turned 40, and all of a sudden feel like I have even more wisdom to impact onto the young generation and the ones that are my age and the ones that are older who might not know some of the things that we're going to share. But today, we're going to discuss being sex positive. What is it like to be an African and come from cultures where sex is seen as evil and bad and and sinful and haram and taboo? What if we actually changed the narrative about around sex and talk about sex in a positive way? Um, there's being the idea of being um sex positive or sex positivity is is an attitude towards human sexuality that just regards all consensual sexual activities as fundamentally healthy and pleasurable. And that's actually how it should be. We should encourage sexual pleasure because we are sexual beings. This is how we were made. We didn't invent sexuality. It's not like we have decided to be sexual beings. This is actually how we were made. So why can't we enjoy sexual um, activities and make it pleasurable and also be experimental? Of course, always keeping in mind being safe, right? That comes first. So for those of you who are couples, whether you're married or you're in relationships, have a safe word when you decide to try new things so that, you know, if it's pineapple, you're, when your spouse says pineapple, you know, okay, I need to pull back. He or she is getting uncomfortable or it could just be stop, simple stop. Then you know to stop because your partner, your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your husband or your wife is feeling a little bit outside of their comfort zone. So you should pull back a little bit. But I think it's important for us to actually start having conversations that are more when it comes to the topic of sex that are more positive. So when we talk about the term sex positive, it can be interpreted in different ways, right? So for most, most people, it involves having positive attitudes about sex and feeling comfortable with your own sexual identity. And that's a whole nother topic that we're going to get into at some point. But also with sexual behaviors of others, like you don't cringe because you see a couple kissing. You don't cringe because you see a couple holding hands or hugging or, you know, even just caressing each other because some people will physically get uncomfortable when they see other couples having PDA in public, like if they are just kissing each other, caressing each other or smack you, maybe your husband or your boyfriend smack you on the butt or you smack them on the butt. Cause some of these niggas out here got nice booty, right? So you're like, bam, because his booty's so tight and it looks good and you can't help yourself. And same, your booty might be looking juicy and voluptuous and just scrumptious. So your man can't help himself, but to smack you on the butt. And that's okay. Of course, as long as you're not doing inappropriate things around children or the elderly, right? I mean, you know, from how we're raised, there's certain things you don't do in front of, you know, um, older company, which is understandable. You want to be respectful to that. But I think it's so beautiful when you see African couples kissing in public, holding hands, hugging each other, just being gentle with each other, or maybe 
playing if if a husband or or boyfriend is playing with his girl's you know hair or his woman's hair and and caressing her face and just admiring her beauty we need to normalize those kinds of behaviors and you know when we also talk about sex positive people they tend to have some of the following traits like either they are open to learning more about sex and sexual activity however we all know that for those young people or even, you know, older people who are very open to learning about sex and sexual activity, we're quick to label them as being fast. And I think that's just unfortunate. We should allow people the space to discover themselves, the space to discover their sexuality, the space to discover sexual activities that they might be interested in without being so judgmental. Also, what you might find is that they try to understand their bodies. They also try to understand their partner's bodies. So that means they're not shy. They want to venture out into touching themselves. Also, like kissing their on their partners all over their body to find out what makes them tick. Where are their spots? And all of the physical um emotional and psychological aspects involved with intimacy, most sex positive people are very comfortable with this. Or if they're not, they're open to the idea. So if they have questions about sex or they feel comfortable, they're very comfortable with asking like, hey, you know, what do you think about doggy style? What do you think about anal sex? What do you think about using sex toys in the bedroom? They're very curious they ask questions and they're more than willing to learn and then perhaps try it out in their own relationships. Also, what you find is that they have an understanding of the importance of safe sex for both themselves and their partners. So safe sex can include discussing sexual histories. I mean, let's be honest. You want to know your partner's sexual history. Now, pump the brakes. I'm not saying you need to know of the names of the girls that he's been with. You don't need to know the names of the men that she's been with. You don't need to know where they had sex, uh, at what time, how often. No, but you definitely want to have an idea of their sexual history. You also want to discuss using condoms and being tested for sexually transmitted diseases. Y'all know I had a whole campaign about STDs and STIs, but it's very important. Um, it can also include just having discussions about emotional and psychological safety. Like, you know, how do you support your partner if they have a sexual dysfunction or if they have a history of sexual abuse. So see, these are things that you want to discuss with your partner because sometimes they might react in a certain way. You might not understand where it's coming from. Ask the questions, talk to them, allow them, make them feel safe and allow them the space to share so that you can have a deeper understanding of where some of their sexual hangups are coming from. Because trust, we all have a history before we meet the partners that we're with, right? You can also talk about, you know, considering things like having a healthy sex life. What does that look like for you? And express that to your partner so they know, well, when I think of a healthy sex life, this is what I'm thinking of. Because somebody's idea of a sexy, uh, of a healthy sex life might be having multiple partners. As long as everyone is tested, as long as you're all aware, as long as it's scheduled, as long as everyone is you know, giving consent. And maybe that might be the idea of a, of a healthy sex life. And for you, a healthy sex life might be being monogamous. It's me and you, mano y mano, nobody else, no third party, no fourth party, me and you. And if you step out of this 
agreement of me and you, that means you're breaking the contract. That means you're cheating. That means you're being unfaithful. These things need to be verbalized. So people know what relationships they're in, what is accepted in those relationships as far as, as far as sex is concerned. Also, you want to acknowledge that sometimes, you know, you don't want to have sex and some partners have a low sex drive and certain partners have a higher sex drive. So how do you meet each other in the middle? And I know in the beginning of every relationship, everybody swears they have a high sex drive. So if your partner's like, oh, I like to have sex at least five times a week, you're like, oh yeah, I can hang. I could definitely do that, right? A month goes into the relationship. You can't keep up because that partner's sex drive is much higher than yours. And this is not, when I talk about sex drive, why do we automatically think that men have a higher sex drive? That's actually not the case. Some women, a lot of women in relationships have a higher sex drive than their men do. So then you find that the frustration comes from the woman where she feels like, I want to have sex at least three to time, five times a week, but my spouse is happy with once a week or maybe once every two weeks. And that's not enough for me. So what can you do? Can you discuss maybe, you know, increasing the number of times you're having sex in the week because you feel like you're not meeting, you know, your sexual appetite is not being met, right? Or are you guys open to having toys? So when he's not in the mood, you're able to whip out one of your toys, whether it's a clit stimulator or it's a dildo, you're using it to pleasure yourself or plain old masturbation. Take those two fingers, put it in your mouth, get it wet, put it on your clit and strum them guitar, right? You could do that as well. So but these are conversations that we need to get comfortable having in our relationships. Also to accept others sexual practices. As long as, of course, the participants are consensual and they feel safe, also without any moral judgment. This means accepting sexual behaviors that might be different from your own, like such as having, like I said earlier, multiple partners or engaging in threesomes or swapping marital partners. You guys, this happens more often than people would care to admit, but there are a lot of couples out there who's swapping husbands and wives. Trust and believe. The point is, as long as everybody is consenting, as long as everyone is in agreement, do what makes you happy. Do what works for the couple. Even though these things can get very complicated very fast, especially when once feelings get involved. So being sex positive can be complicated for sure. Some sexual behaviors may be aligned with a per person's um, cultural beliefs, right? Or it can be aligned with a person's religious beliefs. And sometimes you want to shed those, right? You're like, okay, in my culture or in my, in my religion, we're expected to do A, B, C, and D. However, now I'm married. So I'm supposed to be free. I'm supposed to not have any limitations. I'm supposed to have an open mind when it comes to sexuality with my husband. But I can't let go of these things that have been ingrained in me. So what do I do, right? So you might need therapy and that's okay. Look into it just to help you keep an open mind, just to help you find, you know, affirmations or coping mechanisms to get yourself out of that rigid way of thinking because now you want to explore. Also, Let's talk about the fact that a person might have experienced sexual trauma in the past. That's also something that you want to divulge in your relationship so your partner is aware. However, you have to be made 
you have to feel safe in that relationship because most people are very guarded with such information. So when we talk about sex positive, we have to make sure that we're keeping an open mind and we're not being judgmental. Now, here's the thing. I also want to get into a little bit of a discussion because I haven't been here on a while. Um, but while over the summer, I went to Gambia. And while I was in Gambia, I was like, you know what? I want to see how sex positive we are. Well, you know, it's no surprise to anybody. We're not very sex positive. Most of the questions I asked, people were very reluctant to answer. And I'm talking about people who are educated, people who are exposed from the diaspora, people who grew up in Gambia, people who are educated, went to universities, all the way to the maids and, and the gardeners and the drivers and the taxi drivers who might not have, um, you know, any kind of standard education, didn't go to school, but they're living life. Everyone is very reluctant to share information when it comes to sex. It's like, let's just not talk about it. So I decided since people were so reluctant, let me just see how open our facilities are. For example, our supermarkets, right? Or our grocery stores or our pharmacies. Let's see how sex positive these places are. So I went to Stop Step Pharmacy to see if I can find condoms. And surely I was able to find condoms, but I found that the prices were so high. Condoms were costing $110 for a box of three. Now, you have to realize that Gambia is one of the poorest countries in the world where $110 can take you a long way, whether it's food, transportation, or something that you can contribute to your rent or to the payment of your bills. So you're thinking, how is a poor person supposed to spend $110, dollars, I'm sorry, $110 to get a box of condoms and there's only three condoms in the box. So we're not really encouraging safe sex if condoms are so expensive. I also found another box of condom, which was um, $20 for a box of three. Now this I found to be a little bit more reasonable. I'm like, yeah, I can see people going to the pharmacy. You throw your $20, you get your box of condoms and there's three in there. Maybe you use that over the weekend and then you can come back and buy another box because it's just $20. So it's not so outrageously expensive. Also, I decided to look for lubricants. I was like, let me see where I can find lubricants, right? You need lubricants when you're talking about being sexually active to get the pussy wet so that the dick slides right in and it's there's no chafing. It's not a painful process. It's just nice and smooth. Lubricants can be found in most Western countries, in every pharmacy, every shop you go to. Even if you go to 7-Eleven or you go to a gas station, you probably find lubricant. I could not find lubricant in any pharmacy. So if you, my audience, know any pharmacies that carry lubricants, please let me know so I can put it on this platform and my Gambians will know where to go to get lubricants. I could not find lubricants anywhere. I also could not find any massage oil. Massage oil, what's that? Whenever I ask for massage oil, people will show me uh, baby oil. That's, that's about all they had. Also, when I was like, let's look for simple things that women need, like um, 
having women condoms. Women condoms? I couldn't find not one. And I drove around Banjo. I drove around Serekunda. I drove around Bakau. And I could not find any women's condoms. I could only find men's condoms. Either the really expensive ones for $110 C for a box of three. Or the reasonably priced ones at $20 C for a box of three. Lubricant can't be found anywhere in in, in in Gambia, as far as I'm concerned, I looked everywhere. And this is the greater Banjo area. So if you can't find lubricant in that area, you're surely not going to find lubricant in Soma, right? I couldn't find any massage oil. So I'm sharing this to say that this is indicative of how closed we are as a community when it comes to being sex positive. So I think it would be a good business idea. Anybody who's interested in selling lubricants and selling massage oils and selling female condoms, I think the market is definitely open. So this was supposed to be a quick episode. I just wanted to come in here and talk about sex, being sex positive. Let's be open-minded. And next week, we'll go back to our regularly scheduled episodes and I'll make sure that I'm bringing it back to back. I've been super busy but I'm back now so you guys can expect the episodes to be a little bit more regular. Thanks for listening.